Hey friends, welcome back. Over the past month, I've been reflecting quite a bit on the concept of connection, specifically between musical, psychological, and interpersonal levels. From these experiences, I feel more understanding of why we're a musical species, but I still have a lot of questions as to why we're really the only animal species that's musical, or as, as musical as we are. And I don't think it's just cognitive ability. I think the social aspect of music plays just as much as a role as the psychological development piece, and that seems warranted by some evolutionary biologists. This episode is all about connection. I don't think that I can share it without mentioning that the very rough and first draft of these ideas were started while I was waiting on some friends at conference a few weeks ago, connecting and reconnecting with people. Uh, we were meeting before we were going to go create music together in this community jam session as a part of the conference. I took a few moments and started writing, and I don't think it's an accident that I was writing about connection just because I, I didn't really have a theme and I just started writing and I've been spending all day connecting with other people. From all that, I ended up with this episode, which sent, sent me on a really fun thought journey. I've explored a lot about some really obvious things and have come to some realizations that weren't as clear to me. And through that, I learned that you can't ignore or assume the obvious when you want to learn something new. Turn over every stone, even if you know what's under it, because if you don't, you might miss something even more obvious that's camouflaged by your own expectations. So this is pretty evident in a more recent example I heard about uh, from Graham Hancock uh, when he was on Joe Rogan's podcast. And he was talking about how it seemed really obvious that there were no great possibilities of large civilizations flourishing uh, throughout the Amazon, though that's becoming less the case. Researchers have started using LIDAR, which is this light-emitting radar that doesn't harm the rainforest, but it uncovers these civilizations that have been buried by the, uh, the floor of the rainforest or the canopy or something else. I didn't really understand the full extent of the technology, but either way, it's uncovering things that we didn't know were there before, and it's these large civilizations. So I mentioned this to illustrate that the need to look closer is present even when we feel we know the obvious answer. Throughout the past month, I've really thought about the creation of the universe in a way that I haven't before, which is in a musical way. I've explored ideas about our musical origins as early humans. And I've thought a lot about connecting the emotional with the physical, though I'm saving those thoughts for another episode. Everything else I've mentioned, I've recorded and shared with you here now. Nevermind Who Listens is a podcast grounded in music discussion, philosophy, and psychology, sometimes together and sometimes separate discussions. Now, first, and last. Breath. Wind over grass. Creation.
Episode 4 Connections What is it about music that's important and powerful enough that we allow it to speak for us, to speak through us, to represent us, and to express parts of us? What is it about music that builds community? Why is it that music and art are so easily attached to identity, so much so that we're willing to let it be a part of us, sometimes forever? Or consider that when you create music, you give part of yourself to those you're creating music with or to whom you're sharing music. Think about that. There's music, nursery rhymes and lullabies, for example, that we remember our entire lives, that we remember specific people singing to us. There's other music that you hear when you're a teenager that'll stick with you your entire life, some of which will impact you maybe very little and maybe not even have an associated memory. Music with which you identify and relate to in that moment that you choose to share with others because it gave you something and because what it gave you moved you emotionally validated your feelings, and or reminded you of someone else. It gave you enough of something, whatever it may be, that you felt or feel compared to share it. What is it about music that's so important? Not only as means of connecting with us, but as means of developing who you are, music plays a role in identity development and can be one of the building blocks of communities and social circles. Now, you should know that there's tons out there, both academically and anecdotally, on the topic of identity development and music. What I'd like to talk about is connection, which I touched on briefly in the very first episode of this podcast, Relationship with Music. This connection with music starts at birth and continues throughout life, though the impact music has on you changes. We're sang to and rocked in rhythms as upset or tired infants. We're picky about the music we allow into our home and in the car. We choose music to honor the life of a loved one who's died. I'd be willing to bet that most of the important events in your life in some way are attached to music. And that's true for most cultures around the world. There's reasons we sing at birthday parties and have music on in the background of parties. You ever been to a party without music? Not fun. We surround loved ones with song during funerals and in periods of mourning. It's no accident. It's because music is an important part of life and has been for a long time. Likely, since our beginnings as our oldest ancestor, And our first grandmother, if you will, separated from its lineage from chimpanzees. We're programmed to be expressive and now use that energy to create. Since we as humanoids have been around, we've been social. And since we've been cognitive enough to rely on social connections to establish and hold together civilization, we've been musical. Stephen Mithen's book... The Singing Neanderthals, The Origins of Music, Language, and Mind and Body, proposes that early humans, such as Neanderthals, sang before they spoke. 
basing it on the facts that we have this certain propensity to sing to babies when they're upset or, you know, as means of communication. It's actually even more likely that humans had a form of dance or other expressive music before we evolved from a physical and muscular standpoint the rhythm and vowel elongation enough needed to form singing and speech patterns. In Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind by Yuval Noah Harari, he talks about creative language as one of the building blocks of Homo sapiens, and that's one of the reasons we won over Neanderthals. With creative language came creative expression and the need to say more, meaning that before Homo sapiens, and even in early Homo sapiens, language was limited to the actuality and direct observation of danger or reprieve from danger. What was, quote, there's a dangerous animal close by, became, there's a dangerous animal down near the river. We should go around them by crossing further north and trying to stay downwind. So the expressive language piece there keeps us safer. The complexity for self-expressions evolved, and with it, our desire to share with others. So this is the birth of both connection and self-expression, which becomes music and art. Much later in our timeline than this break from us sharing the earth with five other humanoid species, Shamans and elders were sometimes the most important people of a tribe due to their believed healing abilities, even outside of the spiritual realm. The word shaman dates back to the 1550s and includes stories of possession through dance and music, as well as music being used for cleansing and healing properties. Music is used in most rituals found around the world and is even used in war. It's probably no secret. Drums, it seems, have always been had a place in intimidating enemies, coordinating positions, or motivating soldiers in battle. A really terrifying instrument I just recently learned about is the Aztec death whistle. Now, it was used in ceremonies as well as in war, but in war, this thing had to be terrifying. I, I, you'll have to YouTube a video of it and imagine hundreds of these whistles playing together, and they used it to instill fear in the enemies. Be forewarned, it is not the whistle from Thomas the Tank Engine. This thing sounds literally like someone dying while screaming, and if you don't expect it to come, your blood pressure will probably raise. It does create a feeling and sense of uncomfortableness that's the literal opposite of why most people turn to music. The general effect of it is such that it evokes a certain response using sound or musical stimuli. Though its intent and the intent of war drums is to inspire violence and malevolence, isn't this just another avenue down which music is used to evoke and or change emotional presentation? Isn't it just another display of the power of music and the perspective that it has power in life? I'm thankful that music across history and over the centuries, music has been used overall for healing and ceremonial practices to elicit spiritual and social connection and not mostly for fear. Though the concept of using music for fear is a whole separate discussion and episode. 
I'm specifically interested in the music that's used for movies and video games and other things. So music with a specific purpose. That's another episode as well. There's evidence of musical instruments that are 42,000 years old found in Germany, and they were found in 2012. The ancient Egyptians were often found with instruments in their tombs. They even recorded, uh, the Egyptians even recorded their belief of music healing properties in hieroglyphics, and some hieroglyphics that were found were even believed to be early music notation. Greek physicians used music for healing and to help balance what they called the four humors, which balancing the humors is my understanding uh, what's the foundation for modern medicine. So they used music as a part of balancing those humors, along with things like bloodletting. But music doesn't do that. Aristotle wrote in his text, Dianima, or Deanima, not sure of the pronunciation. Uh, he talked specifically about how flute music could purify the soul. All these examples, all I'm doing is trying to illustrate and what I'm trying to get at is that it's no secret that we've been connected to music for a long time and we've seen its importance across varied uses. Now, with the internet and increased access to music as a result of the internet, with the more electronic musical instruments and ways to create music without a full studio and a band, with the need for something different and something to push creative boundaries constantly edging our consciousness and the boundaries for that consciousness a little further with each generation, with shifting social standards and expectations. We are more connected with music and art creation than we have ever been. As I spoke about in last episode, we have to be careful and need to be mindful of what we're creating and how it's not just representative of life and society, but the effects of what we create now on those who will discover it later. It is my belief that when you create, you have two responsibilities. First, validate your own process and fulfill your need to create. And second, leave something that could further someone else's experience. When we lose connection with the latter, we're left with music that's focused on self-centeredness and it lacks empathy. So I'm sure that we don't want a future generation only throwing back to songs about illicit drug use and partying. What are we being inspired by and what are we inspiring in others? Maybe it's time we reconnect with our faraway past and reach deep within ourselves to strengthen our bonds amongst each other through creative process. Early humans heard nature and were inspired to create music. They saw the beauty in what was around them and felt the need to honor it. Though the resources were limited to such, they even created their music from nature. Meaning that these early instruments were wood, skin, stones, their own voices. Our connection and seeming need for music is old, and music itself is older. Before life washed over our planet, the galaxy sang. I imagine these whirring and low rumbles as gigantic cooling moons, planets, and asteroids flew around and collided in amazing and awesome displays of energy and force, as if Stravinsky were meeting Greek. 
the space filling with matter and becoming something new and representative of what we now call the universe. And each of us are the same elements which were blasted about in this creating of matter, which parts of eventually became us millennia later. Within us is that same stardust, to quote Neil deGrasse Tyson, and to that stardust we will return as we give our lives back to the universe when we die. But not just as we die do we give back to the universe. We give back every day we are alive. The energy we choose to exude, positive or negative, has an effect on everything around us. Cause and effect and putting into motion things we never knew for things that may have never happened. All beginning with something we've said or done. And this happens millions and millions of times every day. The birth and death cycle is as rhythmic and melodic as your favorite song. What is music but a recreation of the way we experience things in life? If the universe sang throughout its creation, it only makes sense to me that we would too sing and create music. It only makes sense that rhythm would be important to sustain our lives. Sleep. Walking. Heartbeats. It only makes sense that our lives would follow the stories that came before us, such as Parsifal, Psyche, and Eros. As life exploded in primordial soup, as you exploded into being from cells, as the universe exploded into creation, all of these events are connected and connect us. Without those connections, nothing is possible. Life is a series of connections, and we're lucky that music is a part of that. Our connection with music seems to be one of the more important connections in life, close to the connections we have with family and friends, sense of belonging, and the connections you make with your life experiences and how they relate to your psychological development and growth. None of this is an accident. Rhythm is too engrossed and important in life for it to be an accident. Not to be too diminutive, but life is a series of connections of which we find and or make meaning within. Think about the connections in your life and reflect on if they are taking you where you need to go. What are you trying to achieve? With what people or things do you have the strongest connections? How are those connections serving you in a way that's taking your life where you want to go? Maybe most importantly, what part of the song are you playing in the universe? How are you connected to the beginning of your journey? How are you connected to the universe which sang before us? Connections.
thank you for listening. Nevermind Who Listens is created, hosted, edited, and all music has been composed by me, your host, Dean Quick. Find Nevermind Who Listens on Instagram at Nevermind Who Listens and download it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again.